What's going on everybody? You're listening to The Jared Barnes Show. I am your host, Jared Barnes. I want to thank you for choosing to listen to this episode today. It's a good one. Got the Thursday night football preview for the game tonight, and I got a little NBA talk because, you know, it's been a while, and normally I talk a lot about football, but the NBA is a passion of mine that I definitely have, and I I just got a lot to talk about in the NBA this year. I mean, it's going to be an interesting year for sure, such a short offseason and stuff like that, so... I'm excited to talk about it, and uh, you know, I don't want to waste your time, but I'm just going to say right at the beginning here, um, if you like this podcast, make sure to subscribe, share with a friend, rate, review, do whatever you can, check us out on YouTube, make sure to subscribe, got a big massive announcement coming at the end of this episode, Um, if you, you know, for some reason don't stick around for it, this announcement will be released on Instagram on Friday, so, you know, you can check it out there as well. your big announcement to the future of me, what I'm going to be doing and stuff like that. Excited to talk about it. Um, let's just hop right into the episode. And um, first thing I got to start out with is the Thursday night football preview. Pats at Rams. As of right now that I'm recording this at 12, 14 a.m., the Rams are favored by five. And uh, this is a game where the Pats could either, in my opinion, win by three or the Rams can win by 10 plus. There's really no in between for me. You know, the Pats stayed out in L.A. this week. Um, on Sunday, the Patriots blew the Chargers out 45-0, had a fantastic game. Defense played well, special teams played well, and offense was clicking. They got pressure on Justin Herbert, forced him to make bad decisions, sacked him multiple times, played very, very well defensively, complemented it by good special teams play, and had a great, excuse me, a great day as a team. And, uh, Last week, the Rams took back control of the NFC East. They're in first place, sole first place at 8-4, and four, um, a place I didn't expect them to be this year. I thought they had a shot to maybe make a run for their division, but it felt like it was the Seahawks division, especially early in the year. But here are the Rams sitting at 8-4, and four, going up against a team they played in the Super Bowl a couple years ago and only scored three points against. And, uh, you know, the Pats are 500 on the season. They're 6-6. Six and six. But they're playing well right now. And never in my life have I seen a team that is coached by Bill Belichick be at this point in the season with a record that they have play like this. And I like it. I love Cam, and I want to believe in him badly. But I'm just not sure how this offense will match up versus the Rams' defense. I mean, the Rams' defense, they're locked down. Uh, The secondary is very good. That's the reason that Jalen Ramsey is the highest paid corner in the game is no joke. He is just that good of a guy. Um, The pass rush, it's very good. And, you know, Aaron Donald leading the helm. The other guys, it kind of relieves them and puts the pressure off of them. Aaron Donald, the pressure is on him, and he still plays fantastic week in and week out. But he gets double and triple teamed half the time, so it really opens up for the other guys. I wish they could perform more. But I really like the pass rush that they have and the defense that they have. But as long as Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels are on the other side of the football, well, really, Bill doesn't do much on offense, but if they're on the other sideline, I mean, they're going to have a game plan ready for this game, and they know it's going to be one of those games where they can lose by two touchdowns or win by a field goal, and, you know, they know that going in. So I trust the Pats in this game is, you know, but I can see why maybe you, you wouldn't want to. 
Now let me talk a little bit about the Rams because I find them very interesting, like I said. Didn't expect them to be in this position at all this season. And, uh, you know, like I said, they're wildly enough 8-4, and four, leading the NFC West. They have been night and day, though. Every time I've watched them, it's been like, oh, they are a very good team, at, or you wouldn't even know they're 8-4. and four. And, you know, I've watched them a couple times this year, and I'm just like, wow, I just, I don't know. And it all depends on the Jared Goff that, number one, shows up to the game and the way he plays, and number two, it just kind of depends on, really, whether the team that the Rams are playing actually get pressure on Goff. You can pressure him early. You can get in his head and affect him for the rest of the game. It's going to affect him because I don't feel like he he seems too relaxed and too he doesn't bring this energy and swag like a Baker Mayfield would. Not that you want that all the time, but Baker is a very energetic individual and it kind of, you know, when the team's playing good, he's up and going. When the team's playing bad, he's really not. And but Jared Goff, he's got this almost seemed disinterested at all times vibe about him maybe he's a, it's because he's a west coast kid and he's just a calm chill dude but there's something about it that rubs me the wrong way and because of that i've kind of not fully believed in jared goff personally over the last couple of years he's a good quarterback though don't get me wrong because if you don't put pressure on he is going to tear you apart i don't think right now in his career he's going to get much better than what he is right now i think this is the where he's going to be for the majority of the rest of his career, I don't see him getting better because he's not going to get better athletically. Uh, he might get better at throwing the football and stuff like that, timing. But really, talent-wise, I think he's plateaued at right where he is right now. What's it? His He was a 2016 draft pick? Wow. Okay, so he's in his fifth year, his fourth year with Sean McVay. So this is probably where he's going to kind of cap off talent-wise, just in my opinion. And like I said... You pressure him, you can beat him. You don't pressure him, though. It's a problem. Now, you know, the most important player to the team's success on offense is not actually Jared Goff. Um, it's, it's impressive what Sean McVay has done with us, this offense, especially this year. It's been, it's been intriguing to watch, especially after they got rid of some of their weapons like Brandon Cooks and Todd, Todd Gurley. I almost said Todd McGurley. I don't know what I was going to say there. But, um, yeah, it's been impressive. The running back usage has been cool in my eyes, but there is no player on that offense more important than Cooper Cup. I've always called him the quarterback out wide because he seems to be in such sync with Sean McVay. It almost seems like it's, you know, like one of the same people. It's almost like Sean McVay is out there playing in the shoes of Cooper Cup because Cooper Cup just, I mean, he's, he's clicking with that offense. Him and Jared Goff are always on the same page no matter what kind of game they're having or the team is having in general. And it's always fun to watch because I love Cooper Cup as just a wide receiver in the league. I feel like he's still underrated somehow. I don't know how that is, but he is. Maybe it's because he's not the quickest or the fastest or the greatest playmaker. He's just consistent. And that's what I like about him. But for this game, if the Patriots can stop Cup, get to golf consistently, which... I think they can because they did it last week against Herbert. Not that the Chargers line is all that, all that impressive, but I think they can do it against the Rams because I don't view the Rams' offensive line as all that impressive either. The Rams know this is a game where you want to keep the ball 
well, maybe you don't want to keep the ball out of the, out of Cam Newton's hand because you want to force Cam Newton to make mistakes. You want to force Cam Newton to throw the football. So you want to get an early lead and force Cam to beat you with his arm because with that secondary, he's not going to beat you with his arm. He's going to make mistakes. And that's what the Rams want to do. The problem is with that kind of game plan, with that kind of game style, you're taking chances. Number one, you're n number one. You're playing the Patriots. Your offense has to score, and that's very tough to do against the Patriots. I don't care how talented you think his team is. Scoring against the Patriots, even this year, is a problem. It's going to be an issue for your team because they're still coached by Bill Belichick, so they're still a very good defense. And you know, if I had to pick this game right now, considering the lines at five, I almost want to take. If it goes any higher, if it goes to six, I'd take Pats and the points. If it doesn't, I wouldn't even touch it. What I would for sure do though is I'm not sure what the over-under is. I'm going to look that up now. But if the over-under was around uh, 45, there's a chance that I would take that. But we're going to look that up real quick. But you know, I honestly, the reason that I would, I believe in the Pats in this game is just because I don't see how... Belichick's just going to go quietly tonight. I don't think he wants to just lose and, you know, not go to the playoffs. Like, that's never his goal. His goal is to not lose. If he wanted to tank, he would have tanked this year. And he, he clearly didn't do that. So, I, I really have enjoyed watching the Patriots team this year. Because I feel like there's still a chance somehow that they can make the playoffs. And I don't know how. I can't find that over. Oh, here it is. Ooh, it's right where I thought it was going to be. I said 45 because I didn't even know. And it's at 44 and a half. Ooh. Um, you know, I'd have to go with the un... Mm. I'm, I'd stay away from this game completely. I'm just not confident in it at all. It feels like that's too close to call. But, you know, again, like I said... If it gets, if the spread gets any higher, I would have, I would say, you know, hop on the Pats because plus six for the Pats, that's a, that's a steal in my opinion because I think they can win this game. I like the Rams and all, and I think that they can be one of the four teams that do represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. But this isn't a game I feel comfortable, you know, choosing them in as all. But you know, that's all the football talk I have for this episode. Believe it or not, even though I do love football and football is my favorite sport to talk about, let me tell you. Basketball is coming up, and I am very excited for it. I'm, I'm more excited for the NFL playoffs than I am for basketball. That's why in tomorrow's episode, after the Thursday Night Football game, I'm going to recap the Thursday Night Football game, go into my AFC and NFC playoff pictures, and I'm going to preview some of the games from this weekend that I like. But that's for tomorrow, not for today. Today, up on the schedule, is basketball. It's the NBA, baby. And every single year... The NBA offseason never disappoints. The drama of this offseason, though, because there wasn't like these huge name free agents like LeBron, KD, Kyrie, like it wasn't, it didn't feel as special in my eyes. But, you know, that's just probably me. It was probably big for other people because I'm not really, there isn't a team that I'm necessarily a fan of, which kind of sucks. I wish I could identify with a team, but I just, I don't have a team. I mean, I used to really believe in, uh, I used to love OKC, but that was partly because I liked Russ and I liked KD, and now that they're both gone, I don't feel any connection with that team, and I liked Chris Paul there last year, but now he's gone too, so I'm like, oh, I like Shea Gilgis, 
But it's just like this team clearly doesn't want to win. They want to rebuild. And it's disappointing to me. So I really don't feel like I have a team. Would look to adopt one. So, you know. If you guys want to tell me who your favorite teams are. And give me a reason why I should become a, a bandwagon fan for that team. Let me know. I'd love to hear it. I would love to hear it. But, you know. It's just. Like I said, the NBA offseason never disappoints. And every offseason, a lot of players, just like every offseason, I mean, a lot of players will now be suiting up in different uniforms than they were in last year. There's always such a big change every single year in the NBA. The turnover rate is high. But the consistent thing is the big-name players are always going to try to build a super team every single year. And the Lakers loaded back up and are now looking to try to go back-to-back. No, the Lakers, they're, they're the defending champs going into the season. On, in an off season where they only have 71 and a half days of rest, which is crazy from the NBA Finals to, their first, to the first game of the NBA season. That's insane. That's the shortest off season, I think, in sports history. I'm not 100% sure on that because I don't know that fact for, I don't know that for a fact, but it's a crazy thought to me. And... While the Lakers did lose Dwight Howard, Danny Green, JaVale McGee, and Rajon Rondo, guys that regardless of how you feel about them were key to their playoff run last year. You know, they made good moves this offseason, and they kind of replaced them in other ways. Um, some better, some worse, or some just about even, however you feel. But I do feel like they, they did a solid job of replacing them with young, I mean, more talented players in my opinion. I mean, in my eyes... And in my mind, I mean, Marcus All is a significant upgrade at center than Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee. I mean, he just is. And, you know, Dennis Schroeder, he's a much better scorer than Rondo, although the Lakers will miss Rondo's playmaking and passing ability. Um, the scoring aspect, the shooter, Dennis Schroeder, the fact that he brings that scoring aspect in the three-point shooting helps LeBron helps take the load off, kind of helps, I would say helps Kuzma out a little bit because Kuzma had to be the third the third leading scorer and Kuzma struggled in the bubble to shoot. I mean, he was having a heck of a time. So it's going to be interesting to see what kind of season Kuzma has this year if he remains with the team throughout the full season. The joke on like TikTok and all the social medias is how much the team hates him, but I just don't find that true. I like Kuzma. I really like Kuzma. But that's just me. I, I, I just, I think he's a hard-working and he's a little different, but he's a hard-working kid, and I like him for it. And, uh, you know, I really like the Ch- Lakers' chances to repeat this year, personally. Um, on paper, they don't look like the most talented team, but I know for a fact that LeBron and AD will, will be the thing that carries this team to the championship if they have to. I mean, they did it last year. They'll do it again this year if they, if they necessarily have to. You know, now there were a lot of other moves, not just the Lakers, but I figured I'd talk about the Lakers because they are the defending champs. And, you know, I, like I said, there was big names that joined new teams. One of the bigger moves, in my opinion, was Drew Holiday, who is somehow still, in my opinion, underrated. He's one of the better, best defensive players in the league at his position. He is a much better upgrade than Eric Bledsoe. So they traded Eric Bledsoe to the New Orleans Pelicans. The Pelicans, um, in exchange, they... The Pelicans have a very, very, very interesting team this year. One that I will talk about here in a little bit. It's cool. I like the team. But the Bucks, they went all in. They got Drew Holiday. They traded a lot of picks to get him. 
and they went all in because they know this is their year. They have to win a championship this year, or there's a good chance that Giannis will not be back next year. I mean, there's just a good chance he don't want to return after this. And, you know, if Giannis decides to leave town if they don't win a championship, the organization put themselves into such a terrible position to compete and rebuild for years to come because they traded so many picks away. If Giannis walks, that's the, that's the heart and soul of their team. They'll probably go right into rebuilding mode immediately and move all the pieces that they have, which really stinks for them, but that's just how it goes sometimes in the NBA. And, you know, there's a big move on the horizon that could definitely be happening. Um, and it's definitely, I mean, in the near future it could happen within the next couple of weeks, if not months. But that could be James Harden being traded. Now, you know, Harden is unhappy right now with the Houston Rockets. I mean, just one season after, removed. Just one season removed for them trading for Russell Westbrook. Um, Russell Westbrook has been moved out of town. The organization, you know, moved on from him and in return got John Wall in a first. Well, I don't know if that was a great move. I know the Wizards won that trade in my eyes. Just because, you know, John Wall, he's a good piece to have. Will the backcourt work with him and Harden? I don't know. But we haven't seen John Wall play since 2018, so what kind of player is he going to be? It's tough to tell. I know for a fact, though, that the first month or two, while like Wall will not look very good. Well, he might look good, but he might not look like the John Wall we used to know. And, you know, with the injuries he sustained, you know, it's going to take him quite some time to get readjusted and reacquainted with the speed of the NBA and stuff like that because there's nothing like playing in a game than actually like you could train off the court and do everything you want to do but there's nothing like actually playing in a game it's almost the same as the nfl you can be in great shape but you can't be in football shape till you play football so that's just how it goes and when you look at the rockets roster i can see why harden would be unhappy the only way that in my mind they compete in the west is because harden will have to have a career year and at this point in his career i think and believe Harden wants to compete for a championship. And when he sees the team that he has currently, he knows that there is a good chance that he doesn't believe that they can. He, he, the chances seem kind of low to him. And, you know, I, I completely get it. At his age and where he is in his career, the, the level of player he is, I would definitely want to compete for a championship too. And the rumor right now is that he wants to be traded to a team that has serious, well, I don't know what that was, that has serious championship potential. And uh, his front runners right now sounds like it is the Philadelphia 76ers and the Brooklyn Nets. He has massive connections with both organizations. His former GM in Houston, Daryl Morey, he is the current GM of the 76ers, and his former teammate in OKC, Kevin Durant, is now in Brooklyn. Now, to land a player like Harden, you have to be willing to give up an elite player or a list of good players and some picks. I mean, you're still going to have to give up probably a pick or two when you give a very good player, like an elite player. But to get a guy like Harden, you're clearly going to have to give up a lot. But, you know, in my mind, I honestly see him landing in the East because I don't think the Rockets want to send him anywhere where they're going to have to see him more than twice a year. And I think the 76ers are definitely where he will end up. The only way that, in my mind, the 76ers can land Harden, though, is they have to trade Ben Simmons. There's no other option. And, you know, if they would be even willing to move anybody on their roster other than Ben Simmons, it would have to be Joel Embiid, and that would be a costly mistake in my eyes. Pairing Embiid and Harden would be 
one of the best duos, if not the best duo in the East. And that's saying a lot because there are some good duos in the East. So to be one of the best, that is saying quite a bit. And, you know, I don't think the Nets are going to be able to get him. Because I, I don't think that, you know, I don't know how well Kyrie and Harden would fit together. I know KD would want a guy like James Harden because he knows just how good James Harden is. But I just don't see him and Kyrie working. And plus, I don't think it's worth losing the amount of depth and the amount of shooters that you have. I mean, the amount of scoring other than KD and Kyrie that they have on that team is going to be very good because they have a lot of shooters. They have DeAndre Jordan at center, which is uh, he's a good rebounder. So they got Spencer Dinwiddie. They got Karis LeVert. They got Joe Harris. I mean, they have good shooting ability on that team. It's a well-rounded roster. And, you know, right now, honestly, there is no roster I like more than the Nets. And in that thought process of that, I'm going to take a drink real quick because, you know, this is a serious topic that I'm going to start next. It's going to take me a couple minutes to get through, and I hope you enjoy it. But like I said, it's going to take me a couple minutes to get through, so I figured I better get that drink now. I would like to rank every team in the Eastern Conference and Western Conference into like three categories. I'm going to do it each by conference, um, starting with the Eastern Conference, going into the Western Conference. And I'm going to say a couple things about each of them, but like I said, uh, just previously, you've heard me talk about the Lakers, you've heard me talk about the Rockets, you've heard me talk about the Nets a little bit, and the 76ers. So I'm not going to have a whole lot to say about them, but everybody else I kind of will have a little bit to say. But I'm going to start, um, the three categories are going to be contenders, on the cusp, which is like on the cusp of contention, like they could be a team that could be a contender, but they're for sure probably going to be a playoff team, and rebuilding, like there's, yeah, yeah. I mean it's pretty simple if you really think about it. So I'm going to start with the Eastern Conference first, and you know, at number, I, this is kind of ranked in no particular order, but the contenders is kind of ranked in a particular order. But after that, like the on the cusp and the rebuilding, you take it however you want. I'm just going to start with, like, with the teams that are in that bracket. So you take it however you want. I don't mean it like these, this is the specific rankings. I just kind of mean this is where they are. You let me know how you feel. Starting off in the contenders bracket, clearly the way I've talked about them in this episode, I have the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, like I said, I really like their roster depth. Plus KD, they have Kyrie. I mean, like the scoring ability, the shooting ability on that team is going to be out of this world. I don't know if there's anybody in the East that can really keep pace with them. But then at the other contender spot, you have Milwaukee. And they went all in this year. They got Drew Holiday. They traded away a lot of picks. Giannis, this could be his last year there. They got Middleton. I mean, they have a talented team. I like the Milwaukee Bucks. And they have to They have to go over the hump this year they have to make the finals just to even keep you honest at this point in my opinion then after that you have Boston you know they got a great young core of players uh, they have a great coach in Brad Stevens and they have an amazing duo of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum but let's not forget that Kemba Walk is there I mean they have a very good team Marcus Smart's there then you know I mean, everybody loves Taco Fall, even though he's not a starter there or really a, even a key role player. But everybody loves Taco Fall, and he's on Boston, so you gotta love the guy. And uh, you know, after that, in the contenders, I ugh, see. I was very tempted to put this team 
on the cuffs, but I felt like they deserved to be in the contenders. I had to snub a team from the contenders because I'm just not sure about them. But the last team I have the, in the contenders bracket is the Toronto Raptors. You know, they kept Van, Van Vliet. They still have uh, Pascal Siakam. They still have Kyle Lowry. And they still have their amazing head coach, Nick Nurse. I mean, Nick Nurse is one of the best head coaches in the league right now. And I really like the guy. I like what he, Toronto has. Although I don't know if they're going to be any better than they, what they were last year. They were still the two seed in the East. So that's saying a lot if they're not much better. But the East is going to be a little more top-heavy competitive. And then bottom bottom half is going to be garbage. We, we, all can, we all can tell just by looking at it. It's nothing compared to the West. But, you know... There is, like I said, there's no particular order for on the cusp and rebuilding, but there kind of is for the East because it is just very, there's a big difference after the first top five or six teams and then the rest. You know, on the cusp, the first team I have, the, the Miami Heat. Uh, the fact that I didn't put them in the contender says a lot about how I feel about them. Uh, I don't believe they have a true big man, uh, which is gonna hurt them in my opinion, but their shooting ability is gonna be out of this planet. Jimmy Butler is the key leader in that team. It's the team of rejects that people didn't want. I love that the that the mantra the team carried. They did very well in the bubble last year. I just don't know if they are a serious threat in the East still. I mean, I like Duncan Robinson. I like Gordon Drogic. Jimmy Butler is great. I love Tyler Hero. But I just don't know if they have a true big man. That's going to be their issue. Boston, same thing. Don't know if they have a true big man. Well, who didn't... Uh, now they signed. Who they signed? Tristan Thompson. I'm, I'm Tristan Thompson's good. So that's why Boston, I kept them in contenders. But again, the Heat, I just don't feel like they have a true big man. Debate me if I'm wrong. I'm not sure if I am. Because really, I don't know a whole lot about any big moves that the Heat did. It just kind of seemed like they re-signed some of their guys, upped them more money, and said, let's run this thing back. And I just don't know if they're going to be able to. Because the, the East is, is top-heavy. But after that, I have the Pacers. You know, they didn't really add any massive names, but Victor Oladipo is going to be back fully healthy. Um, and I think that duo of Victor Oladipo and Malcolm Brogdon, highly underrated in the NBA, I think they could come out and shock a lot of people. And also, they're playing in the East, and the East is pretty weak. After that, I have the Washington Wizards. You know, I don't know how Russ and Beal are going to work. Personally, uh, they both kind of like the ball in their hands a lot. I'd like to both take a lot of shots. Beal is a much better scorer than Russ. Russ, I don't know how to feel about him right now, but I still like Russ. He's still one of my favorite players in the league. So he's an electric factory, but he also can be a turnover machine and have his own problems. He's just a different guy, and I like him for that. He, he, is, his own, he is his own person. I like him for that. But, you know, I don't know how it's going to be, but it does make them better in my opinion. I think he's an upgrade over John Wall if John Wall would have played this year for the Wizards. He's definitely an upgrade. Now in the rebuilding category, there's quite a bit of teams in the East because the East is garbage, like I said. Um, Orlando I have there. They might not be, you know, they might be the top-tier rebuilding team, them and the Hawks. And But I, I just don't think they're there yet. I think they need one more year, maybe, uh, yeah, probably one more year. I think the Hawks, they're the next team. You know, they could make their way into the on-the-cusp conversation because Trey Young is very good. They added pieces around him and said, hey, Trey, try to do something this year. Let's not be one of the worst teams in the league. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see whether they can or not. It's going to prove, some people are going to say it's going to prove Trey's leadership, but I think it's still too early to say something like that. But it's going to be interesting to see. After that, I got the Bulls, 
They made a coaching change. I don't know if it's going to make make a big deal or not, but I think their offense is going to be much more efficient. And, you know, they're going to score more points. But, you know, I think it's going to be another year before you see them maybe make the leap. Uh, the Hornets, you know, not a lot to say there. You know, I feel like their team that they got going on is maybe a three-year, two- to three-year plan. I just don't know how to, how to feel about it because it's confusing to me. Gordon Hayward paying him $120 million, although who else are you going to land in Charlotte? So I guess you have to kind of pay him all that money. But, you know, I like the LaMelo Ball draft pick. I like that they, I like Devontae Graham. I like Malik Monk. I feel like they have a lot of guards slash forwards. Not enough big men. I think it's going to be a problem. P.J. Washington's a breakout candidate. I like him a lot, though. Uh, then I got the Detroit Pistons. Again, uh, bottom-tier team in the East that nobody really gives a crap about. Uh, I think D. Rose is still there, so I'm definitely going to you know follow D. Rose. But other than that, not a whole lot. And, you know, I like Blake Griffin, so... But I just don't know if that team really has it. Um, then the Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, they got Andre Drummond and Colin Sexton. They have another point guard too, but can't remember his name right now. Don't really care that much because everybody knows Cleveland's going to be bad. I still think they have Kevin Love, so good for them. But they're, they're not going to be a very good team. And then the Knicks. They're definitely in the rebuilding category. And I don't think I have to really say anything else other than that because they are the Knicks. (laughs) Moving on from the Eastern Conference, we're going to jump into the Western Conference. And this is where it gets kind of interesting because the West is so deep and there's so many good teams. Where do you put them? Where do you rank them? That's a great question. I kind of did it kind of how I feel. And, you know, at number one in the contenders, I have the Lakers. You know, I don't have much to say because I discussed it earlier. But like I said, I will repeat it. Here, the Lakers, in my mind, are the favorite to come out of the West and at this point win the cha- go back to back and win the championship this year. I think LeBron and AD can carry them yet to another championship because I feel like their roster right now is currently better than it was last year. So that's saying a lot because they did win the NBA championship. After that is the Warriors. I've, like I said, these are kind of in no particular order, but the first team, the Lakers and the Nets, are probably my two picks to go. And it's going to be intriguing, for sure. It's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be interesting. And, you know, Curry is back. They had a good talent around them. Clay getting hurt does hurt their chances. But, you know, they, they had a good talent around Curry. So, but I, I still don't know if they're going to be able to make it out of the West. It's going to be interesting because West is so deep. So after that comes the Nuggets. And in my mind, this is the roster with the most potential in the whole Western Conference. Um, Just clearly, it's not even close just when it comes to potential. Uh, Then the Clippers with Ty Lue at the helm of this roster. It's still a top-tier roster in the West. Kawhi is going to have to carry them. But PG has to be better than he was in the bubble. And I think the bubble messed with him mentally. And I think that's where the problems came in for him. Because I like PG, I feel for PG, but you know it just feels like the bubble wasn't a thing that he was re- mentally ready to handle, and that's completely understandable. I don't think if I was in his position, I would be able to handle it either. So, and on the cusp, in no particular order, I have the Mavs. Uh, Luca played out of his mind in the bubble last year, so it's going to be fun to see what he does. Uh, the Rockets, you know. 
with James Harden. They're very good without James Harden, though. Not a great team, in my opinion. So he's going to have to have a career to carry them anywhere. I can't put them in the contenders because they don't really seem to have anybody else other than James Harden on their team. After that, I have the Jazz. Um, Rudy Gobert. I hope Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, and that Jazz roster can figure it out because they're a good team, and I like Donovan Mitchell. After that, I have the Trailblazers. I like the moves they made, bringing back Melo. You know, I, I just like the moves they made. They make good moves this offseason. And Dame, uh, if Dame comes out and plays, you know, Dame time and plays great, um, they have a real chance to move up to the contenders, especially if their big man play the way that they did. Their big men play the way that they did in the playoffs. It's going to be fun to watch. Uh, after that, I have the Suns. The addition of Chris Paul to that team adds the veteran leadership that every that we all knew they needed, which is great. Um, after that, I have the Pelicans. I have them on the cusp, mainly because I think this roster has massive potential although I, cause I don't want to say they're rebuilding because in my opinion they're not this is the roster they want to have so they're they are on the cusp it's just going to take them maybe a year to get to the or year maybe maybe a year and a half to get to the contenders part but when they do they're going to be a threat because they can score they can off they can rebound i mean they're they're going to be very 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 good and zion if he only continues to get better and plays to what we think he can play to it's going to be fun to watch now in the rebuilding in no particular order the Timberwolves. They made good moves in the drafts, although I don't agree with completely everything that they're doing. Um, Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell are going to be a good duo. It's going to be fun to watch them. Not a huge fan of the Timberwolves, but a big fan of D'Lo. So I would be. I would like to see them succeed, but the West is so deep, it's going to be so hard for them. Um, after that, I have the Kings. Uh, De'Aaron Fox just got paid this offseason. Marvin Bagley is going to be a breakout candidate, but I don't trust their coaching whatsoever. So I have them in the rebuilding category. After that, I have the Spurs. Uh, the Spurs roster is maybe the least talented Greg Popovich has had in years, in my opinion. He didn't really do any moves to gain anybody, and the West only got better. So I had to put them in rebuilding because there's just no way I can see them competing, even though Greg Popovich is a great coach. Um, after that, I have the... Memphis Grizzlies. Memphis Grizzlies, in my opinion, didn't do all as much as I would hope them hope that they would have done in free agency. And, you know, Jaws Jaws gonna get better. But that Memphis Grizzlies team overachieved last year. And I don't think you can overachieve two years in a row. I just don't see it happening. So they might regress a little bit, mainly because the West got even more competitive. Like I said, I can't stress this enough how competitive the West is gonna be. Right here, the let me count. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. I mean, there are 10, 10 teams in my mind that are playoff teams in the West, but only like six, in the, six, maybe five in the East. That's just the big difference between those two, two conferences and the competition. And in last place in the rebuilding that I have, I have the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, yeah, it doesn't seem like they want to win right now. They're playing the long game. And they're going to rebuild. I mean, I don't blame them. They have about 30 picks over the next five, six years. So, yeah, I'd rebuild too. Uh, do what you got to do. Build the roster you want to have. Homegrown, build that thing. Maybe you could pull off on uh, something like the Nuggets have and make it interesting. But I don't know. It's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be fun to see. Again, you know, that was the whole episode I got. I got nothing else for you. Um, I got another episode coming out on Friday. Today's, you know, Thursday, December 10th. So, Get four episodes in one week. That is a new high for me. I'm excited. Um, like I said, there was a big announcement coming. 
uh, and here it is. Um, I don't know how to say this because it's such a such a difficult thing for me to say. BB Sports Media, uh, I started as a platform for myself to build and grow. And, you know, I pictured this thing to be something massive. Uh, we're almost a year in at this point, and I haven't gotten the growth I've wanted to see. Uh, the one thing I do enjoy, though, is podcasts. I love doing my podcast and doing stuff like that. Editing videos together I like doing. And I like writing. I, I enjoy writing. Most of my episodes are complete pages of notes. Six, seven pages of notes where I just sit and write and write and write and write and write. It's, it's something I like to do. And I, I want to focus more on stuff like that. So I want to focus on doing podcasts, posting videos on YouTube, and just writing. And, you know, not that I didn't feel like I can do it. But it's starting to get very hard to want to do this stuff on my own because I lose the motivation quickly, especially when I don't see the results that I want to see in a quick amount of time, even though I know that if I continue to work and I continue to build an audience, will a bigger audience will come at some point. Not that I don't respect the people that listen currently, but you know, when you put in this much work and you don't see the results that you would love to see, it kind of is um, disheartening and it kind of you know bothers you a little bit. So I'm rebranding BB Sports Media as of next week will no longer be a thing. Uh, that, that hurts me because it's been a part of my life for almost a year now. Um, the Jared Barnes show will stay. Uh, that's, I'm actually going to rebrand my social medias as the Jared Barnes show. And I actually joined up with a group of very cool guys uh, Peyton Doyle, Jordan McNulty, uh, Jeff, a couple of great guys. Uh, we're working together um, in our group. We call it Albatross Sports. And that's kind of what I'm deciding to lean towards right now because I just feel like it's the right thing for me to do. Uh, you know, I've been kind of working with those guys for a while and I feel like I've been half in, half out because I've been focused kind of on myself. And I don't want to continue to do that no more. I want to focus on us as a group collectively and work at that. Um, I absolutely love every single one of you that continue to support and listen to me, uh, that like and watch all of my content, that comment and interact with me on social media. You guys are the absolute greatest. I love every single one of you, and I'm thankful for each and every one of you. You guys all mean the world to me, and you guys have helped me change myself as a person over the last year. I mean, I'm, I'm a completely different person than I was last December, and I have to. I have no one else to thank other than you guys. I mean, I'm ready to tear up right now, but I'm trying to hold it in because um, it's a pretty emotional, it's an emotional roller coaster that I've been on. I mean, everybody's been on an emotional roller coaster in 2020, but this is something that you know. I never thought in my life as a child growing up that I could do these things myself and have a podcast on my own and run a social media page, and do just those things. I never thought of social media as a thing that I could really do. Turns out anybody can do it. Turns out anybody can start a podcast. Turns out anybody could have a YouTube channel. Turns out it turns out it's a lot easier to start and do those things. Um, it's harder to consistently do it, and that's what I want to continue to do. I want to consistently do this, and that's why my main focus 
for this week my goal was four episodes and right now this is the third one and this is a lot longer of an episode than I wanted it to be but um, when it came to the NBA and I haven't talked about it in so long I had so much to say and you know I knew this kind of announcement was going to take me a couple minutes because you know I didn't know where I was going to go with it I didn't even know how I was going to start the conversation with myself and you know it's it's different it's difficult um, life hasn't been easy in 2020 for any of us um, a lot of changes for me have happened in 2020 I dropped out of school um, I'm going back to school I am I'm going to school in Florida uh, starting in 2021 so I'm moving from Pennsylvania uh, southwestern Pennsylvania to the Panhandle in Florida and Pensacola which is you know a long ways because I've never been further than three hours from home I mean my home is an hour south of Pittsburgh a little town called Dunbar and I've, I've never been any further than that away from my home and now I'm going to Florida uh, a school in Florida and it's just wild and you know in December of last year I had a dream of starting my own podcast never thought I'd do anything social media wise and if I wouldn't have done anything social media wise I wouldn't have met the great and amazing people I have met along the way like Peyton Doyle like Morris from Slow Grind like the two the wonderful couple from GG Talk Sports I mean like E from Ethan for me on the mic like Cade like you know there's just so many people I can't go on with the list Joe Morley uh, Sean from Mike on the mic and you know it's just crazy it is, it is cra- Brian from Bolster Up Sports I mean I can't go through and list them all because I'm, I'm thankful for that I've been able to connect with with a lot of them I mean there's some people that don't even have podcasts that I've connected to and they they become fans of me as a sports person and that's just wild because you know here I am sitting at 20 years old I'm not even 21 yet and I have people that like me as a sports person I, I wouldn't consider myself like a, 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 a any anything in the sports journalism world or sports anything world but there's people that are fans of me and it's insane to think about it's insane and I'm, I'm, I'm glad you guys have stuck along with the ride for me on my own emotional roller coaster I appreciate every single one of you and just know that, you know, my growth depends completely upon, I mean, it's a lot on me and my continued hard work and pushing, but I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's on me a lot. I got to share it. And, but, you know, if you guys like it, it really just helps if you just hey, say, Hey, uh, this kid that I know has a good podcast, maybe check it out. Like it, I just, I can't. And I've had people that have messaged me and said, hey, someone recommended your podcast. I mean, I really like it. Um, I hope we can connect at some point and talk. And I have connected with those people and I've talked and they've given me content ideas and I, I'm thankful for them. I mean, there's just been some great people I've met along the way this year. And it hasn't been, been one year and I'm just reflecting upon it now and it's just crazy to think about. Um, I absolutely love every single one of you guys. I'm going to end this episode because as you can tell, um, I'm starting to get a little tired, starting to get a little emotional. And, you know, I just... I got some editing and stuff to do, so I'm excited. I went a lot longer than I wanted to, but here we are. Um, it's exciting. Thank you guys for listening to the episode today. Um, again, I love every single one of you guys. Uh, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review to the podcast, and uh, check us out on YouTube if you haven't done that. Um, YouTube will be rebranding probably this weekend to the Jared Barnes Show. I'll be uploading also on the Albatross Sports YouTube channel as well. Make sure to check that out. I'll be writing a couple articles uh, coming out next week on Albatross. So make sure to check that out. I'll leave all links in the bio for anything like that. 
related, but you know, absolutely love every single one of you guys. Hope you have a good one. Peace.